Humanity has an age-old obsession with the end of the world. That obsession is why we're here, as explorers. You're one of the first people to set foot in this dark new world. And you're about to start on a journey you'll never forget. Welcome back to another episode of Ash Tales. It is a swelteringly hot night in the UK. I have had to seek refuge in a few cold beers uh, and the growing realisation that I will not be sleeping tonight. Plus side is I'm staying up all night long recording podcast episodes. So last few weeks Ash Tales have been pretty kick-ass actually. Um, there's been something of a step change in short story submissions. We have had dozens and dozens of fantastic stories come in over the last few weeks. They've spanned every possible aspect of the post-apocalypse, including a few post-apocalyptic comedies. Now, I have a real penchant for black humour, so this is something I'm very, very excited about, including today's story. So, Mooners comes from Tyler Bumpus, who you may know as the author of the Swallowed World series. If you haven't checked it out, it is absolutely worth doing so. Today's short story is as twisted and dark as you'd expect from post-apocalyptic fiction, but somehow Tyler manages to make it utterly hilarious in the process. This was a ton of fun to read, a ton of fun to record, and I think you're going to enjoy today's episode. So, without further ado... This is Mooners by Tyler Bumpus. Not even an hour into Mayor Imbrium's two-week-long night, Commander Gordon Gooch III was snoring through the end of the world. Yes, that Gooch. Fumbler of First Contact and current Head Administrator of Lunar Operations. He was supposed to be overseeing the hustle and bustle of regime change shutdown, making way for the Indo-Chinese conglomerate buying out and gutting Endymion, their failed moon colony. But he was extremely depressed and extremely drunk, and I made the executive decision to let him sleep through that pyrotechnic finale to Earth's long, bloody, boring history. As the colony's resident AI, I'd never hear the end of it. Shit. Time. Time! He barked after finally groaning awake. It's 2345.31 LST, I told him. Universal time for Christ's sakes. Moon time's for robots and nerds. That's 1210 on October the 1st, 2255, Gordon. Gooch. 250 Earth pounds of failed human potential pressed a palm to each frontal lobe. I've yet to glean why humans think this can ease a hangover. Recalling that date and time, he suddenly rocketed out of his desk chair. Shit! The Chinese are coming! Indo-Chinese, I reminded him. That's the India-China coalition, not Indochina. But Gord, what's the difference? He cut me off, pulling off his sweat-stained jumpsuit and wriggling his rather flabby form into a fresh dress uniform. Well, one's a thriving corporatocratic transnational consortium, 
The other's a great big fourth world slum. But listen. Gordon moaned, palming the fattening contours of his once classically chiselled face. Half-buttoned dress shirt left bunched over his gut. Ah, here I've been talking up our Chinese joints to their ambassador. Best Peking faux duck off world. You're telling me they're not even real Chinamen? Chinese, Gordon. Ironic racism's out of fashion. Since when? Since the Earth One Republic collapsed. It's all real racism now. Earthy bastards think they can decide when every fad ends. Democracy, now this. The moon loves playful prejudice, damn it, it's our bread and butter. Yes, well, they're not Chinese or Chinamen. They're ICC proxies. Most of incoming staff are clones, androids, or penniless Western expats. Perfect. So I've been pimping fake Chinese food to fake Chinese men in the hopes of landing a job in their fake Chinese moon administration. I released a deep mechanical sigh. Gordon, they're not even coming. He halted mid-dress. What do you mean, not coming? Is the deal off? No, the deal's technically still on, but they're all dead. A long silence. So, we get to stay a while. Oh, he exhaled in relief. Rodrigo, you've no idea what a load-off that is. Condolences and all, but I've been dreading going back planetside. I shouldn't tell you this since you do my psyche, Val, but... I seriously considered hijacking the transport home and flying it into the sun. Gordon, stop. Right into the sun. The thought of moping around Mildred's family estate. He began whispering conspiratorially now for some reason. Don't get me wrong. Snazzy digs and all, but it's also bougie. And she's so bougie. The place is haunted. All the ghosts of her bougie ancestors crawling in the walls like privileged rats. Don't get me started on the kid. Gordon, I need to tell you something. Gordon bulled on. I'm not saying I wish Mitchell was never born. I'm just saying sometimes he looks at me with those dead little eyes and I wish he'd vanish. Know what I mean? Poof. To the pool, to the English moors, anywhere. Just away. I get the willies so bad. Subtlety apparently fruitless, I switch tacks. Gordon, I hear you. Which is why I've got good news and bad news. He stopped with pants at half-mast, intrigued by this game-show approach. Bad news first. Mother always said savages start with dessert. Bad news is, Earth is gone. He blinked at me, then duck-walked to his great viewport with pants still sagging, either realising they were a size too small or ready to kick them off and go back to bed. Or both. Before Endymion's interlinked dusty metal domes, above the grey expanse of lunar wastes, he spotted the waxing earth hanging bright in the night. Pell, Earth's right there! He waved at it curtly, but paused and squinted. It's got something weird and glowy going on, though. It's burning, Gordon. Thermonuclear signatures have spiked across the entire globe. He turned around, blinking, letting his dress pants drop. Vintage square jaw hanging stupidly open, but bloodshot eyes dancing with a tinge of those legendary pioneer wits, lost for years now beneath blubber and flop sweat and boozy self-loathing. Good news is, that family you hate so much? I paused for effect. You never have to see them again! Maybe he was confused, but this didn't seem to overjoy him as much as expected. He mumbled inanely, "'Cause they're on a refugee ship bound for Mars?' 
Because they're dead, Gordon. Your horrible, bougie family is dead. Surprise! His face paled. He wheeled around to stare blankly at the blazing earth outside his window, like some sap trying to divine the tea leaves handed to him by a fraud fortune teller. Then turning back to his office, he stepped gingerly out of his pants, padding off slowly into his private restaurant. Gordon! I called. He didn't respond, but seconds later re-emerged, stripped down to his unflattering boxer briefs, shuffling along in odd baby steps towards the liquor cabinet, and retrieving a handful of Kentucky bourbon. Gordo! It's all fine, he murmured in near falsetto, opening the fake wall panel behind the booze to retrieve a hidden energy pistol. Gordon, that won't fire. I've deactivated all decommissioned firearms. Just looking, he warbled troublingly and dropped the weapon to the floor. Everything's fine. Bourbon in hand, he padded back to his workstation, slid the chair out of the way and climbed clumsily beneath the desk. A ruckus of thumping followed as he tried to make himself comfortable in that tiny leg space. Then the sound of a bottle cap unscrewing. Can I get you something for anxiety? I asked. No, got something, his muffled voice assured me. Alcohol's a depressant. Maybe some L-theanine or 5-HTP. Going to sleep now, Rodrigo, he crooned softly. Sweet sleep. Can you turn the lights out? Sure thing, Gordon. The lights in the office dimmed. You're a hell of a guy, Rod. That's nice to hear. Shocking to hear, probably. Got cooler friends, but you're the one that really gets me. Only one on this whole damn moon. Lies. Nobody got him. Can't think of anyone who even liked him. It's my job to assist the head administrator, one of my main functions. Probably the only one who gets me in the whole system now, he rambled on drowsily. Did you hear about Earth? It's, it's gone. Yes, I'm the one who told you, he grunted. Well, did you hear the news about my family? Despite my programming, I sighed. A little tick I've picked up over the years on this earth-forsaken rock. I heard him take another swig. One minute you've got a whole world, a beautiful family, then poof! He was silent so long I thought he'd nodded off. Then, Human life's fragile, Rodrigo. You are all put together rather poorly. You'll never know the pain of being a man. You try, I give you that, but you're a soulless automaton. Like pouring my heart out to the family pooch. I shut the lights off entirely. Good night, Gordon. Night. For a picosecond, I amused myself with the thought of shutting off oxygen circulation in his office while he slept. But the lush was babbling again. Roddy, sing me that song, eh? I'll play you a song. I've got a music archive of 500 million. Music's better live, you know the one... My moon song. Really, Gordon? Aren't you passed out yet? Rodrigo, my family! All right, just shut your face while I retrieve it. Mercifully, he did shut his face. And moments later, to my everlasting shame, I was caroling for a paunchy, emotionally stunted man-child. Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight, come out tonight, come out tonight. Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight. Gordon joined in for the finale. And dance by the light of the moon. 
Now do the other one, with the moons and the eyes and the pizza pies. Karaoke's done. Good night. Night, night, he wheezed. At first I thought he was wheezing with drunken laughter. But when I discerned the words between each yip, I knew I was hearing a disgraced, middle-aged ex-space explorer, plastered and half-naked, full-on ugly crying in the dark beneath the desk he was demoted to a decade and a half ago. Millie, he mewled. Mitchie. Gordo, how's about a nice Xanax? He paused, snuffling, the dying earth painting the room in a sickly glow. Okay, he whimpered. Ladies, gentlemen, welcome to my private hell. Trapped on a dead rock orbiting a larger dead rock with a gaggle of selfish, bickering shut-ins called Mooners. Earth's rancid leftovers. And now, humanity's last hope. And they wonder why I suffered that critical systems meltdown last year. And that's all from another episode of Ash Tales. Thanks go again to Tyler Bumpus for the hilarious Mooners and to Evan Carter for sending him our way. As always, Ash Tales is open for submissions. Whether you're a seasoned veteran of the post-apocalyptic genre or a fresh-based author looking for a big break, our doors are open to you.